Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is Suzanne Nottage. Welcome to the podcast, Suzanne. Hi, Brenton. Nice to join you. I love to get people on the podcast to talk about what they've done to improve their swimming because I think, first of all, it gives people a bit of inspiration and, and hope that it's possible for them. And it also, I find, really helps people find ways that they themselves can improve because we're not alone. Everyone has similar kinds of issues and, uh, and struggles with swimming. And I find stories like yours uh, can be really helpful for, for other people, which is why I love to get people on uh, like yourself. So just for those listening, what's your, your background with swimming? How did you get started with it? I was really lucky as a kid. So before even starting school that my parents wanted my brother and I to be really comfortable around the water. So we got to that point where we could probably bathe ourselves or swim a length or that sort of thing, but never did any sort of swimming at school in terms of club or anything like that. And then in 2009, when I was in my mid thirties, uh, I was on the internet one night late and just entered an Ironman. And then went, oh no, uh, I've got a cigarette, had to learn to swim in the next six months. How hard can it be? And so, yeah, back in 2009, that's when I actually kind of start, started figuring out swimming properly. It took two or three years to really like it, but one thing led to another. And then I got into um, long distance swimming. So a channel relay and a Gibraltar swim and Gibraltar frosting and things like that. And uh, yeah, since then, it's just kind of been a, a variety, variety of things, but yeah, never, never at the front of the pack. And eventually just wanting to get a bit better and understand a bit more about the technique and actually make it fun, uh, as well as getting a bit faster. And how did you make that first Ironman? Did you manage to learn how to swim in six months? I was very lucky. Like with a month to go, I still couldn't swim the distance. And of course, open water is completely different. It's like cross country versus, you know, the hundred meters on a track. So I was still scared of, you know, every time my hand hit a bit of weed or something like that, I thought it was a, a shark in the lake in England. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so someone suggested that I go and get a few one-to-one lessons and that improved my speed by 20% because I don't think like rotation. Uh, and stretching out and all those real, even putting my swim cap on the wrong way was what I was doing. So that was the first basic, put your swim cap on the right way around. So I had just the real basics and that improved my speed 20% in four weeks. And so my Ironman time for the swim was about one hour 52, which now it's 108. So yeah, one, one 52 is certainly, certainly lots of room for improvement there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, it's an amazing achievement just to be able to figure out how to swim in, in six months or swim that distance and then do the rest of the Ironman, of course. So that's really impressive. And then with the longer distance swims, you've obviously fallen in love with swimming at some stage where you've enjoyed it enough to train for those events because they're certainly not easy things to do and you've got to put a lot of time in the water to actually complete those swims. So when did you start to really enjoy it? To be honest, it took about three seasons of open water swimming to really start to feel comfortable with open water swimming. I still couldn't tumble turn then. That was a wonderful coach, Michelle, who forced me to learn to tumble turn after about another three years, which was well worth the investment. But yeah, it took about three years to actually get comfortable and actually go, you know, comfortable sighting, I'm comfortable swimming through moderate waves and, and comfortable doing those longer distances. You know, once you get to a certain point, you kind of know, actually I could swim for as long as I need to. So just to get that little bit more efficiency where you can just stay up there. So doing a few swim camps and starting to hang around the right people as well, who just kind of knew, knew how to do it and pick up from them. Yeah. How to take it to that, to that next level. And by hanging around the right people, were they giving you advice or were you watching them swim and visualizing yourself swimming the same way or trying to copy them? Where did 
that all come from? Yeah, but it's probably a mix of things. So I've had a few different coaches and have really appreciated they see things different. So each coach was good for a specific part of the journey, but kind of didn't necessarily have all the pieces that I needed. And then just hanging around other swimmers. So some swimmers who are likely, you know, either physically or say background, and then some swimmers who are really different to me. So either they, they've grown up basically as water babies, they're more of that plastic open water belt, which I'm not. And yeah, just seeing how they approach things and even just seeing things like, I, I saw some video work of a, a swimmer who I really admire who was doing a North Sea crossing. And I just realized after watching him, uh, just how much he accelerated through the water, which I just wasn't doing. So going, you know, there's, there's something here that's clearly different. I need to, to look into how he's doing it because uh, I, I can't do it the way that I'm doing. So what do I need to adjust to my technique so I can get that acceleration through? So you're just exposing myself to different situations and different people. I think really, really helped. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so helpful. I, back when I was coaching a master's club in Melbourne, Daniel Kowalski, who was an Australian swimmer, I don't know, maybe 20, 20 years ago or so now, he would sometimes train after the squad that I coached uh, would finish. And I'd often get in and occasionally I'd do a training session with him and I'd be watching him out the corner of my goggle, at the corner of my eye. And just watching his, his stroke and he had a, yeah. he sat so high and he had a very quick turnover. And so I would try and copy him and, you know, swim, swim with the same sort of stroke and occasionally it would work. It's sort of not my style of freestyle, but it was really interesting just to copy what he was doing and see how he would increase the pace. And like he was swimming some really quick times and yeah, just it's, and the other thing that I noticed as well was there was Mac Horton and Greg Paltrinieri training together at, at MSAC here in Melbourne for maybe a year or two. And I saw them training together a couple of times and it was, it was amazing. Two completely different strokes. Mac's got your yeah, classic long, very long stroke, low stroke count holding something like 32 strokes per lap for his 1500s, I think. And whereas Paltrinieri was something like 39 strokes per lap, maybe even a little bit more. So very fast turnover and, and quicker strokes. And it's just good to be able to see what works for different people and just to expose yourself to those different ways of, of swimming. And they all work, just depends on what suits you best. And for you, uh, then after that, Suzanne, so you were obviously interested in technique and getting faster over those years that you were training for the longer swims. And then in the last, what is it, six or 12 months, you had another round of improvement, I guess you'd say, what happened there and, and what did you change in your stroke or what did you learn? Yeah, I think like a lot of people, COVID disrupted my swimming. And so I ended up moving. So I lost, uh, lost contact with the club that I've been swimming with, uh, moved to a different area, discovered new pools, et cetera. And it was kind of a blessing and it was a lot, of, lost a lot of momentum, a lot of swimming. So I think I was out of pool probably for about 18 months and said, so, you know, you've just lost that feel for the water, uh, et cetera. So you're starting from scratch. And I did get into a little bit of a rut as you do when you're, you're by yourself and you've got what you know, but you don't have any fresh ideas, et cetera. So I started watching those videos, et cetera. And that's where I've come across you before, but that's where I started to, to follow you a bit more because I wasn't enjoying my swimming again. It was very much going through the motions and just doing it to, to fitness. Uh, and so I just decided something had to change. And so in around April, I decided to sign up for the five day catch challenge because I thought, you know, only, only 10 bucks, what the, what's the worst that can, can happen? And I was really blown away with 
how much value I got out of it. I did each day multiple times, which a lot of people do, and thought, oh, yeah, this will keep me amused for two weeks. And after four weeks, I was still getting a lot of value out of it. So I ended up doing kind of a two-month boot camp on my swimming. So I was based in Auckland at that time. And amazingly lucky on the North Shore to have almost too many pools to count from. Uh, so, you know, every morning I was getting up before work and not doing loads of distance, but just it was it was that frequency, which for me is key. Is, is, is swimming all the way to like a swimming lake, second language to me, because I, I didn't do a lot of it at those, those primary school years. So I do lose the feel for the water if I'm not in the pool frequently. And yeah, just for that, that two months, I decided to swim as close to every day as possible. And I just really started to see improvements and that inspired me to keep going. And then I see more improvements, et cetera, and, and not just getting faster, but actually enjoying it. So that was a side benefit that I underestimated. And so, yeah, at the end of two months, which was the end of June, yeah, I'd, I'd improved much more than, much more than I thought. And also gone on to the eight week uh, program as well. Fantastic. And I, the, it's such a good combination of the consistency that you're swimming with and also having maybe one or two things to, to focus in on and especially the catch, because to me, that's, that's the 20% of the stroke that can make 80% of the difference for most people. So it's really worth getting good at it. And it can feel a little clunky at first when you're trying to figure it out, but then the more you practice it with the right movements, it starts to become somewhat second nature. How did it feel for you when you started to change things? Was it immediately like, yep, this feels better or was it a little bit like a giraffe, baby giraffe walking? <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think I'm a particularly fast learner. And so it was great that in the comments I had read that other people got a bit frustrated before they saw that, uh, that improvement. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes we kind of know that when we're doing change, there's a bit of a bit where you go more slowly before you go quicker, but none of us want to believe it will happen to us. So look, I mean, to be honest, from the first time I did the first drill, I did feel better and I saw a small improvement, but it wasn't even like, you know, the five seconds that you talk about. And then I went, then I got quite frustrated. So it's like, why are all these other people getting improvements and I'm not? <laughs> uh, and uh, then I got frustrated with my frustration and I uh, just decided to keep going. And then it's like, you know, I think, I think you said, or you've written in the comment, just sometimes one day, just all of us, you get that improvement. And so. Yeah, like I remember the day when all of a sudden it started, you call it effortless swimming. And for me, it's like all of a sudden I've got a tailwind. Like, you know, when you're running uh, and you get a tailwind, it just, it just, I don't know, it just feels like you're on a magic carpet or you're floating or it's just effortless and, and you're going faster. Like, how can it be faster and easier? But, but it is. And so once, once I got over that hump and started getting quicker, then, uh, yeah, that just inspired me to keep going up and keep going to the pool while I had this two two-month window to just see how much I could achieve while that window was open. So have you been through all of the five days before yeah. and then eventually it clicked or was it? Yeah, good question. I think it was actually, I, I tended, I think I tended to do each of the days about, you know, three to five times. I watched all the videos at the start before I started to know what I was getting myself into. And then it was just like, you know, do I feel like I've kind of got some degree of mastery after doing the drill for the three or five days to move on to the, the next one? So yeah, it'd probably be, you know, and in terms of elapsed time, it would probably be three to four weeks when I was starting to see real improvement, although I did get some improvement from, yeah, the very first time. And was there anything in particular that you feel like you changed or you focused on to get it to click? Yeah, there were two things that you said and it's just like, Penny drop, like if I'd heard this 10 years ago, uh, kind of where would I be today type stuff. So one was, 
yeah, and look, I've had this, you know, coaches explain things in different ways and so forth. It's just need the right words at the right time. So one of them was just around once you, you placed your hand in the water and you're, you're getting that early vertical forearm, whereas you talked about how little the upper arm actually moves at one point at stroke. Uh, and I realized that I'd actually, you know, you often get caught up in trying to do more. We think doing more is the right answer in life, but sometimes doing less is the right answer. So this is a classic case here. Actually, once I just tried to mentally focus on keeping the upper arm, having less movement at that early part of the step, that was, that was a mental eye opener that really helped because that set me up nicely with the vertical forearm. And the second one, uh, again, I've never heard another coach say this. And it's not actually in your five day catch challenge. It's in uh, another video, but it's about the, the timing of the hit with the arm. And look, it's really obvious in breaststroke and butterfly. But I just never thought, hey, what if my arms and legs actually worked in time with each other in free And doing that at the pool, that was a complete game changer. Like all of a sudden, I feel like my body is swimming with itself together rather than the, the top half and the bottom half kind of doing different things. Interesting. And, and that, it's week seven in our late week yeah. course. And I've got a few YouTube videos on that as well. So I'll try and include that on our, our podcast notes if you're listening. And there, with the, first part of the catch. So if you're listening to this podcast rather than seeing it on YouTube, it, through that movement of the catch, so that initial part of when the hand starts to move down, with a really good catch, that upper arm doesn't move a whole lot. It's just the hand and forearm moving down somewhat, and that'll help you set up that high elbow catch. And it doesn't need to be really extreme where you're getting to a 90 degree position because it's not that's not comfortable. But yeah, a little bit of that is what helps set up the, the catch. And I was watching a video earlier this week of uh, uh, David Popovich, the 18, 17, 18 year old who just broke the 100 freestyle world record. And it was just at him in training. And if you watch him swim, he's just cruising along. He's doing so little, like there's just every single stroke is just to perfection where there's no wasted extra movements or anything like that. It is just pure efficiency and he makes it look so graceful and effortless. And that's what we want to work towards is where you're not actually doing a whole lot and you're trying, not trying as hard. That's actually when you're probably swimming the best. And it's a funny thing is it's the same, same thing goes for many other aspects of life as well. You know, the, the simpler you can make something often the, the better it is, but it takes a lot of whittling away to be able or chipping away to be able to get it to that simplified version, just like you mentioned. And the other one with the timing. So I've had a number of guests on this podcast talk about one thing that really clicked for them was the timing of the kick and the catch together. And for you, was it something that you're able to put in place pretty quickly once mm. you heard about it or it did? So it, it clicked pretty fast for you, did it? It was easier than I expected. Like I heard it on your podcast. And so I kind of stood up in the living, living room, tried it and went, this doesn't make sense. This is going to take ages to, to get the hang off. And then I went to the pool and just tried it. It was super easy with fins on, I think, because the fins kind of, I don't know, maybe it just make it easier to feel because you've got that extra weight on, on your foot. So I tried it for a length with fins on and just went, oh my gosh, this is, I get it. And this is easy. And, can ask, yeah. Can I ask, are you doing, were you doing a six beat kick or two beat kick or? I typically, I've gone from a triathlete uh, with the mindset of why would I even want to kick? Uh, so I'll do a, a very nominal two-beat kick just to keep my kind of ankles and feet breaking the surface of the water, but not actually connecting it to power or you know anything useful. So yeah, it's a pretty much a two-beat kick. I've started to experiment a bit with four and six, but I'm you know just having to get the two-beat kick nailed for the, for the moment. And most of the stuff I do is longer stuff as well. Yeah, cool. And were you thinking of... But what were you thinking about to time it together? 
what was the cue? Are you thinking I like, think it's just catch on the same side? You- yeah, if you can catch on the same side, which was completely counted, my brain just like, no, we're not what you know, when you walk, it's left hands, it you know, it's opposite, opposite. <laughs> but yeah, for my brain, that's just what works is 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 right arm and, and right leg going in, in time. Uh, I know the opposite can work. I mean the depends on what you time it on, but that's what I time it on and it just just works for me. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people who try it say that works for them. And then mm. a lot of other people go, I just can't get that to work. But then the other thing works for them, which is yep. one hand entry. So left hand entry, right foot kicking down at the same time. Yep. And it's essentially the same thing, but yeah, different strokes for different folks. It's yeah. It just depends what, what suits you best. And I just added a new drill into that week in the, the eight week course where if you do a one arm freestyle drill with one arm in front mm. and you breathe, let's say you're stroking with your left arm, you breathe to the left hand side. And you do two kicks to each arm stroke. And that way you time your right foot kick with your, when your hand enters on the left, and then you do your left foot kick as you pull through. So it's kind of, it'd be a two, the same as a two bit kick really. And it's another good way to practice that timing and get the feel for it. So it's one arm freestyle drill, but you're just doing two kicks to each stroke and you're timing it as, as I mentioned there. So. Just a, I find that's quite a good way to also get that that feeling. So I only added that about two weeks ago, I think. But uh, yeah, just another way to to go about getting that. And for so many people, it's that just gets the whole thing working together, where the top half and the bottom half are working together. And I think that's where that easy speed tends to come from, that effortless feeling, because then it's not just yeah, top half doing something different to the bottom half. What sort of improvement did you see in the last well, yeah, last couple of months? I'm really surprised how big the improvement's been. So when I was in the rut, my typical pace, so I'm someone who tends to do between one and three K in the pool. I, in the past, have avoided the shorter stuff, although I've started to enjoy that a little bit more recently. And so, you know, typically I'll kind of do one K in 20 minutes, which is your splits are about two minutes to hundred on that. So but if it's a bit faster than that, that's a good day. If it's a bit slower than that, I get frustrated and annoyed with myself. And yeah, quite quickly, I was getting down to the low 150s, so kind of 151, 152 is an average. Then I started to see some 140s, and, I, and this is the same amount of effort for, for 100, uh, and, and that was great. I'm trying to remember the screenshot that I that I posted on the Five Day Catch Challenge about the amount of improvement it was. That I, st- I started seeing some, I thought there were errors in my garment. <laughs> so what I tend to do is if I'm doing like a, just say a, a, a 10 lap or 10 length set, so two, 250 meters of the pool that I was in is, kind of nine and 10, I'll, I'll go not, not as fast as I can, but I'll just try and put everything I can in terms of the technique. So how, how much, how, how efficient can I get, which inevitably leads to speed. And yeah. I started thinking my watch is playing up because I'd start to see one twenties and then occasionally I'd start to see like the best I've seen is a one seventy, and, you know, compared to, and you know, even, even 10 years ago when I was super fit and doing lots of club swimming, et cetera, to come in under one thirty would be a really, really good day. And so to see the one twenties and, and the occasional sub sub 120 is just uh, yeah far exceed my my expectations and you do you just feel like a fish in in those lengths that's awesome that's a yeah huge improvement that must must feel good going at that kind of speed because you've got the water rushing past you it's it's you must be sitting quite high when you're doing that like it's gotta it's gotta feel good <laughs> to have yeah it does and the next the next thing i'm looking at is trying to get rid of those slow lengths so you yeah, with the garment i can i could see each, each length after i downloaded it and at the moment over over at pay, I'm just trying to get rid of those last couple of lengths where it slips into the 150s, you know, 151 or 153. And so 
knock up a whole a whole pay where every act of the pool has has been a, a one one forty something more or better. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's uh, well, it doesn't sound like you're far from that at all. <laughs> and and with the training sessions that you're doing, are you you're making them mostly con- a continuous swim, or you're breaking them up with different sets? What's the structure? Yeah, before the five day catch challenge, I'd got when I was in my real rut. I basically turned up at the pool, jumped in, did a cane on stop with no drills, no warm up, no warm down, no variation of pace. Probably got the coach kind of head in his hands, that sort of that sort of thing. But yeah, it's just in a rut and not enjoying it. So why would I? Why would I? Why would I vary it? I'm just get in, get out, tick the box, etc. Now it, it's kind of like yeah, during that that two month mock, I really slipped it up his head. So I followed what the coach uh, uh, said and did a you know do, do a proper warm up. Then do a lot of drills, did a lot of short stuff. So my mindset changed from just get in and do a cane on stop to actually break it down. And, and can I, can I bolt together four good lengths? And then can I bolt together six? And then can I bolt together eight good lengths? Because there's no point in, there's no point in building bad muscle memory. So in, in my view, particularly with swimming, that's so technical, you know, quite more technical than cycling and running, which I also do as a, as a triathlete, but I don't want to bad, uh, build in bad technique and have that become ingrained. So I'd rather simplify it and, and shorten things and really focus on, you know, just one of those drills for the, for the session. So whether it's YMCA drill or whether it's a bit of uh, UNCO or something like that, and just really, just really nailing that and getting, getting that right. And then try to build up the resistance again. So probably the first month that I did my own mini boot camp, I probably didn't swim anything beyond about a 200 meter. And then, then I started to do the odds 1k block, et cetera. But yeah, I, I really just want to focus on keeping it short until I've got that consistency every single length. Uh, and I know I'm doing that good technique for the, the whole 400 meters, et cetera. And is your awareness around when you're doing it right and when you're not doing it right developed over that time as well? Uh, yeah, good question. I think the video camera is probably a better judge of, uh, a judge of that. And I haven't, haven't got one of those at the moment, but look, I mean, I do wear my Garmin while I'm swimming and each time I tumble to it, I have a quick look at it. It doesn't distract me in a bad way. But it does let me know how that length was, and I could kind of get feedback from that. And if I have a few slow lengths, then I'll just stop and have you know a fifteen second break or a sixty second break and regret. You, you only need that short little circuit breaker, or or do another do two lengths of some specific drill, and then do another ten lengths of swimming and see if that that improves things. Yeah, yeah, nice. It's I mean the I've had a lot of people video themselves recently who have either been through you know, one of those two courses that you mentioned earlier. And they'll send through a video for our, for our members call. And quite a few of them have gone, oh my God, I can't believe this is me. Mm. Uh, this is what I'm, I'm doing. But with a lot of them, especially those that have worked on their catch, like a lot of them have got quite a, a good catch. It might just be out of time or they might just be you know, rushing the stroke at the, the front. Like they've, they've been able to develop really good things in their stroke. It might just be out of place in, in one or two other areas. And so when they can put that together, it makes a, makes a big difference. And I mean, if you're hitting those, those times that you, you mentioned, it's, uh, you're doing a lot, a lot well there, but the video is such a good thing to be able to see uh, where those opportunities lie for you. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like you have got a much better feel for the water from where you were before and a much better understanding of what those correct things are to, to be doing in the, in the pool. Cause that's, yeah. Yeah, it does look at what really cemented it for me is 
I, so in that two week block, I managed in, at one point I knocked together 12 days in a row, which I was really, really pleased about. And, and again, none of these days are more than between a K and, and maybe a mile. So not big mileage days, but then I went off to, I got a pull for a month because I went over to France for a wedding, et cetera. And so last week I was in Melbourne for work. There was a pool at the hotel and I thought, okay, it's been about a month since I did a proper swim. Let's see how much I've lost the fuel for the water. Uh, and I was actually surprised. I felt a lot more, yeah, just uh, usually I feel quite uncoordinated when I haven't been in the pool for a while. But I, I looked at my splits and they were, you know, a little bit slight, but they were still on the right side at two minutes per K, just cruising up and down the pool. So yeah, just through um, practicing that technique and also getting to that point through that consistency every day for a while. Thankfully, the improvements have really held on, which which I'm really, really pleased about. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like you've leveled up with your swimming where you, you, know, you work hard, you work hard, and then you sort of get to this level. And then that's almost like your baseline or your, where you're somewhat, not plateau is the right word for that, but you kind of move up and move up. And then if you do take a month out of the pool, well, your new baseline is, is that little bit higher. And it sounds like that's probably the, the case, which is, which is excellent. And I think a, a part of that comes with confidence as well, where you yeah. see the times you hit and you maybe feel better, you're enjoying your swimming and, and then that confidence carries over to when you get into the pool next and you, you go, I, I can easily be on the right side of that two minutes because I've done that before and I know how that feels. And yeah, maybe there's a lack of endurance there for now or. I might need a bit of swim strength to develop, to be able to sustain that for longer, but your body knows how to, how to do those things. Going forwards, what, what do you feel like is the next thing for you that will make the biggest difference? What, what do you feel like you'll be focusing on for the next couple of months? Yeah, good question. I'd like to, so I've got the eight week catch challenge, which I've only just started. So I'd like to work through that. I'm also tossing up about getting a video camera. I've had a bit of video done years ago and totally agree with you, but it's uh, definitely worth the investment to see yourself swimming uh, and just the improvements you can get from that. So yeah, I guess if we, if we fast forward to Christmas, I'd love to be knocking out a K with some of the splits I've been doing over 400 meters and also being able to hold that technique for three K as well. Yeah. So those, those probably the two goals going forward. Yeah. Fantastic. And I mean, if getting a, a camera, I, I point a lot of people to Facebook marketplace, there's heaps of second hand GoPros there. And if you get anything that's a hero six or above. That quality is is quite good. It's fast to transfer across your phone or your iPad, and it's it's fairly easy to record that way. And you can also get I don't have one here, but it's called a Gorilla Pod. It's like a tripod with mm. bendable legs, and you can get a GoPro attachment for it and just sit it on the bottom of the pool if you don't have someone there to hold it or film you. So there's a lot of ways you can film yourself, provided that your pool's okay for you to do so. And yeah, it can be something that can be pretty easy to do because you don't need a lot of footage, you know, mm. one pass going towards the camera, one going across back and forth, left to right. And that gives you a pretty good sense of, of where things are. So yeah, it's, it might cost a couple hundred bucks. I reckon if you get a secondhand one on marketplace, but it's, yeah, it's a good, good tool to ha have if it's something that you're able to use at your local pool. So uh, that sounds exciting. Well, Suzanne, thanks very much for being on the podcast and congratulations on your uh, improvement over the last couple of months. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting seeing where you've gotten to so far and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of months contain for you. So uh, yeah, thanks again for being on the podcast. And thank you, Brent. I think there's, there's thousands of us who have really benefited from your willingness to 
give away a lot of your knowledge and not only help us get faster, but also enjoy swimming more. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's I, I, I'm glad that you missed you uh, commented in the the five day catch challenge because I that's the only way I sort of find out if someone's uh, had good results or anything like that. And I think there's so many people who can improve just by listening to the podcast or watching YouTube videos and and those courses I put together. I wanted to have some structure for people to be able to go through if they are not sure where they should start. So that's, that's why I put together those courses, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm lucky to be able to do what I do and I, I love hearing results like yours. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the effortless swimming podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.